I want to continue this morning on this message that I started last Sunday morning entitled Vision 2024. As you know, from Proverbs 29, 18, it tells us that where, where there's no vision, that the people cast off restraint, but happy, happy is he who keeps the word of the Lord, or happy is he who keeps the law. And so vision is obviously something that we all have. Many times people aren't aware of it, that they have vision, that they, 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 they're not conscious of it until you explain it to them exactly what vision is. And so I want to just continue on that today because I'm convinced in my heart that every person in here has a vision from God. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You are here on planet Earth for a reason, and it's a God reason. It's a kingdom reason. It's bigger than yourself. It's beyond your, your, yourself or your family. And, and uh, it's even bigger than, you know, just your local church. God has kingdom purposes, and it's each one of us individually discovering our purposes and, and, and getting a glimpse of what God's grace and giftings and, and talents that he has instilled within me, that he has gifted me with, that they are for kingdom purposes. And when we discover our vision, that's when the kingdom of God really begins to blossom. That's when uh, organizations such as a local church begin to blossom, when, when the individuals within the organization uh, have vision. Those are the types of in individuals that really invest their lives into, in, into kingdom principles. So vision from heaven, is, it's, uh, it gives us, it's the, the idea is here that we are contemplating, when you have vision, you're contemplating with pleasure the things of the future. Vision from heaven also gives you the ability to see what God has in mind for you and for others, and it also comes with the courage to believe that what you are seeing, what you are envisioning, can become a reality. It's not, it's not seeing something, but then just dismissing it and thinking, well, that can never happen. If you're seeing it, God's given it to you, and you're, you dr you're, you're dreaming it, it can become a reality. Without vision, if you just continue to dismiss the things that you're seeing, the talents that God has uh, graced you with, if you just continue to dismiss those, uh, you're limiting your potential, and you're living within the boundaries of your own abilities, your own natural sight. And some people think, well, I'm being humble. I, I, I don't want to be proud. I don't want to be talking about things that are not a reality. I don't want to draw attention to myself. So I'm just going to live within my own little realm, my own little uh, current reality. I'm going to stay content here. But really, that, that really boils down to it's, it's not humility. It's selfishness. Humility is, a, is always a teachable attitude. It's a posture of a learning from the Lord. So when, you, when you're humble, you, you, you have vision. So understand that God has a, a purpose for you, and you don't want to be limiting your life to what you have known thus far and to what you have experienced to date. There's something more that God has in store for you. There's something more. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's more. And so no matter what age you might fall into, what category, how young you are, how old you are, it makes no difference. You are here. There is still a purpose for, your, for you being here on planet Earth, being a, a, a covenant child of God, being a part of the kingdom of God, and you have vision, and there is a, a purpose for you to be here, and you want to discover that. You want to continue to embrace it 
to walk in it and to see it come to pass and to, and to see it to be fulfilled. Your vision bridges the gap between what is your current reality. It bridges the gap to that which could be your desired reality, your desired reality. So vision invites you. It invites you when you have vision from God, it invites you to imagine. Everyone say the word imagine. That's, that's something that sometimes we don't, we don't allow ourselves and just to take the time. When's the last time you just thought, okay, I'm just going to take some moments. I would encourage you to be more than moments. I would encourage you to take some hours, perhaps even a weekend, whatever you can get away somewhere, and imagine. What are you doing? I'm imagining. I'm imagining. What are you imagining? I'm imagining the, the things that God has in store. I'm imagining what could be. I'm, I'm assessing my current reality, and I'm imagining how it could change, how it could be different, and how it should be different, and by God's grace, it will be different. But we have to take the time to imagine that. You know, in Ephesians 3.20, there's a scripture that tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we are even able to ask or to imagine. Well, it's not real difficult to go beyond your imagination if you're not imagining in the first place. So imagine your life different from your current reality. What is it that you would like to change? You probably have some priorities. Well, the first thing I would like to see is I'd like to see my health improve. I'd like to see relationships improved. I would like to see my finances you know, improved, that I'm not always struggling financially. I'd like to see you fill in the blanks. What is it that you would like to see different? And, how, and what is it that you see yourself doing in order for that to become better? So allow yourself, permit yourself time to imagine. It's not wasting time. It's not being lazy. It's really, it's just taking some time out. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to imagine. I'm going to be dreaming about the future, dreaming about what I could do and how things can be different. So you always want to em embrace vision. Without vision, people cast off restraint. Casting off restraint means you just go through each and every day, the same as yesterday, the same as the day before. You, go, you just keep plodding through and plodding through, and nothing ever changes. Nothing's ever improving. You're not imagining. You don't have vision. And, you know, 2021 comes along. Say, my gosh, it's still the same as 21 or 2001 or 2002. And, you know, and I, I was hoping things would change. I, I, I thought things might change. Well, thinking things might change, you're not going to change things. If thinking things would change, I'll tell you what, a whole lot of things would be different. <laughs> but it begins with thinking. It's a good place to begin to think, to imagine, to dream. Those are all great starting places. But when we have vision from heaven, that vision from heaven is also going to come with a responsibility and, 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 and with a demand that some things change right now. If, if things are going to be different, there's some habit patterns, there's some attitudes, my vocabulary. You know, your words are very deterministic, so you want to work on your vocabulary. What, what are you saying about your future? What are you saying about your current reality? Uh, what's your thought life? What thoughts need to be uh, taken into control? 
and begin not thinking in the negative, but to begin thinking and imagining that your current reality could become God's reality, and it really can. So vision, vision invites you to begin changing. It invites you to embrace a future that's unlike your current reality, and so you want to continue to embrace it. Without vision, we cast off restraint, but happy, I want to say happy, Happy is he who keeps the law. It ties in with that 29.18 that the, the flip side of casting off restraint is, is to be restrained, to, to pursue vision, to pursue the dreams, and, and, and to develop the skills and the talents that God has graced you with. And along with that comes a, a, a happiness that's along with that. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, that's where we got the creative title for Vision 2024. If you weren't here last week, I just want to take a moment to review that uh, Scripture really quickly, Acts 20, 24. This is where the Apostle Paul's addressing the, the, the elders, the Ephesian elders. He's encouraging them and also sharing his story. And this particular verse, verse 24 of Acts 20, verse 24, has been my life purpose verse for uh, quite a long time. I've, I've underlined in my Bible and written above it that this is my life purpose. And it reads like this, it's, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So believing that I, I received the vision, the calling, however terminology you want to use to, to, to be in ministry, and, 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 and I began to vision, envision myself being a pastor of a local church. It seemed so foreign to me. It seemed like such a, uh, such a long shot, like such an impossibility. Like, no, that's not me. I must just be imagining. It must be my own imagination. But it really, it felt completely foreign. It felt completely like something that was a, a very, very long shot. It, it's not going to happen. I wasn't even sure that I need to be pursuing it. That was just something, you know, I was caught up in the emotion. It was an awesome worship service. It was an awesome prayer time. And I got caught up in it. And I, I had these glimpses. And that's all it was. But it wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. So it's those types of things that you're seeing those God moments, those times when you take to imagine, those times when you're spending time worshiping, you're, you're, you're spending time in, in, in communion with God, however that expression may, may be best for you, that, that you're seeing, that you're envisioning how things could be different, how you could be doing something, that you could be making a tremendous impact on the kingdom of God. And again, when, I, when I'm sharing my story, I'm not advocating that in order for you to have vision means that you have to be called into what we refer to today as full-time ministry. We're not talking about that at all. We're talking about vision for your life wherever God has called you. Whatever vocation that you are in, you have vision and you have a purpose for being where you are and, and to use your skills and your talents to, to, to be a light for the kingdom of God in a very dark world. And so my story doesn't need to be your story. Each one of us have our own story. I'm sharing mine to help you perhaps identify how you can get a glimpse of what your vision is and have the courage to pursue it. 
If anyone was a misfit for the vision that I was seeing, it was me. I certainly didn't have any natural qualifications for it. And some of you may be sitting here thinking, you still don't, Pastor Ray. I was like, <laughs> that's all right. I can handle that because I've said that to myself quite often. Matter of fact, I know I don't. And that's a good thing because it makes me depend on God. One, the pastor that I worked with, I was an associate pastor in, in, uh, in Florida, very talented man, a very eloquent speaker. Uh, he was an excellent musician. He played, he plays Martin guitar and lead worship. And, you know, it just seemed like everything was just a piece of cake for him. And I shared with him one day, I said, man, I said, I envy that. He said, what? I said, your natural ability to, to, to communicate, your ability just to pick up the guitar and play and, and sing. And he said, now, he said, you're much better positioned than I am. And I said, why is that? He said, well, you're depending on God. He said, it's real easy for me to get lazy and to depend on myself. It's easy for me to talk, to speak. It's easy for me to pick up my guitar and sing. And he said, it's real easy for me to depend on my own talents. And God wants, does not want me to depend on my talents. Even though he's given me these talents, I still need to be depending on him into what I should be speaking, what I should be singing, what I should be playing. And so it makes no difference if you have natural talent or if you feel like you don't have any natural talent. It's still, it's a dependency on the Holy Spirit of God. My point in sharing this is don't ever disqualify yourself. When you're imagining and you have that, you have that come across the, the, the screen in your mind and you're, you're seeing certain things, don't dismiss it. Just take a moment and say, could it be? Could that really be? Could that really be the Lord speaking to me? It seems, it, it, it appears so foreign to me. It seems so polar opposite as to who I, who I really am. Then I got to reading the New Testament and found out that God calls the foolish things of the world. And that made me feel really good. <laughs> the base things of the world to confound the wise. I thought, well, <laughs> God, do what you want to do. So vision will bring about a restraint in your life. It will bring about a discipline in your life when you embrace it. When you embrace it. And here I like the way the Apostle Paul was sharing this particular uh, story Example with the, with the elders in Ephesus. He's talking about how he is compelled to go to Jerusalem. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem except that the Holy Spirit already testified to him that there would be a, a prison, there would be tribulations that would await him, tests and trials. But he made it very clear, I don't allow any of these things to move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. So when you spend some time imagining and, and begin embracing your vision, recognize and understand that it's not all going to be easy. The vision, the picture that you have is normally the picture that you receive is the end result, the big picture. But then there's a process to get there. And in that process, there can be pain. There can be imprisonments. There can be, there can be trials and, and tribulations. I shouldn't say there can be. I should be more honest with you and say there will be you will be challenged. I mean, it's not going to just come 
naturally or come real easy to you. God's vision is much bigger than you, and you need to be dependent on God and on the Holy Spirit. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew that he, he, he's supposed to go to Jerusalem. He's, he knows that he's supposed to give testimony to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows he's supposed to be setting people free that are, that are in bondage to the law. They're serving under the law, and, and they are now to be serving God and honoring God by the grace of God, not by a legalistic system. And he knew that that was going to be going crosswise. He knew that was going to be going against the grain. It was going to be rough. It was going to be difficult. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be imprisonment. But he said, I don't consider those things. He said, I don't allow those things to move me. Or he was saying, I don't, I'm not allowing the tribulations and the trials. I'm not going to allow those things to hinder me from pursuing the end game. I see the end result. But, and, and I'm not going to allow all the, the, the difficulties to hinder me from pursuing it. He said, I don't count any of these things dear to myself. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself. No, he was not, he was not a selfish person. When you have a dream from heaven, you have a dream. You, you realize that you cannot be selfish and pursue your dream. You need to be selfless and you need to be humble and, and teachable and, and, and completely commit your life over to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he said, I'm, I'm not moved by these challenges. I'm not going to be selfish about this. I'm going to pour my life into it in order so that, and I'm going to say so that. There's a reason that you're selfless. There's a reason that you're willing to embrace tests and trials. And it's so that, so that he might finish his race or his course or fulfill his vision with joy. Don't you find it interesting that Apostle Paul, I mean, he's really unpacked. There's a lot to unpack here in this particular verse, but he's really saying... I'm called to go to Jerusalem. I'm called to minister the grace of God to people who are serving God under the law of Moses. And I'm called to really just, just, to really just upset their whole way of thinking, their whole way of, 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 of their, their established religion. We're going to upset the whole thing. We're going to introduce Jesus Christ and the grace of God. We're going to introduce freedom to them. There's going to be tremendous pushback on it. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. They're going to, they're going to stone me, and they're going to imprison me. But uh, I don't let that move me. I don't even count my life dear to myself so that I might finish my race with joy. This race he's running in tests, trials, imprisonments. It's an obstacle course. It's a real obstacle course. It's not just a flat-out 5K, just do it quick and get it over with. It was a long run filled with obstacles, but he embraced it. And he put his life in proper perspective that he might finish it. Everyone say, finish. finish. Finish it with joy. So I find it interesting that even though he's saying how challenging, how much opposition there will be, he's at this, then on the other hand, he's saying, but I'm going to finish it with joy. Finish it with joy. The joy of the Lord is our Strength. Strength to what? Strength to finish. Strength to fulfill the dreams, the callings, the purposes that God has given you. The joy of the Lord. So he's going to finish it with joy. And then he says, the ministry that he received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So that's where Vision 2020. 
2024 comes from. If you were not here last week, just real quickly in review, I also announced last week that we're working on a succession plan here at Grace Church, and the target date for me to pass the baton over to the next leader of Grace Church is June of 2024. And so that vision ties in. That'll be 40 years of serving as lead pastor at Grace. Don't know what the picture looks like after that. I don't know yet. So people say, what are you going to do? I don't know. But I do know that we need to have a succession plan. It's what's best for Grace Church. And so that's the plan that's being worked on. We don't know who the successor is, but last week we invited the congregation, inviting you again, if you weren't here last week, to be praying into it. That's not a hard and fast date. It may be before that. It may be after that. It really depends who God has in store for us here at Grace Church and also, the obedience of that individual that needs to come into play, and I can't control that, and you can't control that, but we, we are praying and believing that God's bringing the right person, raising up the right person, and that it's going to be a good thing. We're going to continue to run the race with joy, and we're going to finish everything that God has called us to do. Amen? So 2023, 2024, 2027, I don't know, somewhere in that ballpark, somewhere in there is when that transition is going to take place. So I want to, again, remind you of that if you, for those of you that may not have been here last Sunday. So there's something special in our lives, and there's something special about a fresh start, the beginning of a new year. This particular year is the beginning of a new decade. You know, the 1920s were the roaring 20s, so I don't know what these 20s are going to be, but it's going to, it's going to, be, it's going to be wild, right? So I hope, my hope is that you are internally inspired to grow and to change, spiritually motivated for growth and for change. My hope is that you're open, your heart is open to allow God's promises to shape the purpose of your life to allow God's promises to shape the purpose of your life. That would give me no more joy than anything is to know that people are saying, I'm open, I want God's purposes to be ruling, God's promises to shape the purposes of my life. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4, we have the story of Abram receiving, his, well, it was Abram then, but it became Abraham, receiving vision from God. It's God's promise to Abram. As God entered into covenant with him, then he changed his name to Abraham, but here his name is still Abram. But I want to share these couple verses with you to get you rooted and grounded and also to, to help you to stay the course and to help you get to a place where the apostle Paul was is to say that I don't count this, I don't, you know, I'm not going to allow this to move me. What I'm seeing right now doesn't look anything like the promise of God. What I'm experiencing right now, my current reality doesn't even come close to the promise of God's word concerning my relationships. Doesn't even come close. God's promises concerning health and healing doesn't even come close to what I'm experiencing in my physical body. God's promise of protection and provision and, and that my current reality is concerning provision and protection. It's not even close or like I'm completely polar opposites, and some, you know, that, that's, that is a current reality for, in a lot of different seasons in life. But God's promises never fail. Amen? So we put it in perspective of vision. Here's God showing up and speaking to Abram. Now the Lord, verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house, 
to a land that I will show you. Look at the words in that particular verse, because this is so key to you getting started with what you are hearing, what you are seeing from God. But I want you to notice that God is telling Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house. Notice, get, get going, do something, move. Everyone say, move. <laughs> See? I know, the next time someone tells you, you're, you know, would you just move? You've been sitting there for hours. I'm not just sitting here, I'm imagining. <laughs> I'm imagining, just leave me alone. I'm thinking, I'm dreaming, I'm visioneering. That's a good word, I'm visioneering. Are you napping again? Nope, I'm visioneering, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm pondering. But the, the idea is just get going, get out of your country, and says to a land that I will. So the get going is present tense. I will show you is future. So you don't see it all now. But do something. Start doing something. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you. Now, this is God's promise to Abram. Listen to the, the assuredness and, and the bigness and, and, and the grandness of this. I, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I mean, this just keeps getting, it just keeps building. It keeps becoming larger and larger. In verse 3, it says, I will bless those who bless you. It just keeps getting bigger. And I will curse him who curses you. Don't, don't anyone get in your way. Don't allow anyone to get in your way, because if they do, I'm going to wipe them out. Then he says, and in you, in you, Abram, in you, Abram, all, everyone say all. all. Every tongue, every tribe, every skin color, every nationality, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, you talk about vision from heaven. You're just living life, and all of a sudden, God shows up and calls you by name and says, listen, it's time for you to get out of your country. This current reality where you are right now is not big enough for you. You're bigger than this. I'm bigger than this. What you're thinking right now, the limitations you've put on your dreams are not big enough. You need to get out of that. Get out of that mold. Get out of that thinking. That current reality that you're stuck in, God's bigger than that. Because get out of it. Get out of it. Well, this is how we've always done it in my home. I know that's why you need to get out. This is how we do things in my country. I know that's why you need to get out. Not just out literally and physically, but get out spiritually. Open yourself up and let God in and begin to see it from God's perspective and to hear God. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you, shall be a and, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And then you all, the families of the earth, shall be blessed. Woo, glory to God. God has chosen me. I have a dream. I'm going to be someone special. That's what God's telling Abram. I'm going to make you great, awesome. 
You're going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing to so many people. Awesome. You talk about vision, revelation from God. That's the picture. That's what God promised him. Everybody say, God promised Abram. Greatness. Now, just a few verses later, Abram, you know, he, he's obedient. He starts following the Lord. And we get to verse 10. And it says, now. Everyone say, now. What did we just read? He's going to be great. His name's going to be great. He's going to be blessed. Not only is Abram going to be blessed, but he's going to be a blessing. Anyone that gets in his way, God's going to take care of him. And in Abram and in his seed, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through his seed. I mean, you talk about what can go wrong. You get to verse 10. Now there was a famine. Hello. Hello. I don't see the greatness in this. I don't see the blessing in this. I'm not feeling blessed. I'm not experiencing blessing. I don't understand how in me all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. But God, you promise. Now there's a famine. In the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine, wasn't just a famine, for the famine was severe. Polar opposite of verse one through four, where God said, I'm gonna make your name great. I'm gonna bless you. You're gonna be a blessing. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now there's a famine in the land. The famine is so severe that Abram leaves for Egypt and he's now dwelling as a foreigner rather than being blessed to be a blessing, and in him all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. He's experiencing severe famine. The picture here is opposite of the promise. Has anyone experienced that other than myself? You see the promises of God. You hear the promises of God. You, you endeavor with your heart and your heart of hearts to embrace the promises of God, but the current reality is it's not in alignment I must have missed God. Certainty, certainly, I did not hear properly. Certainly, this can't be real. But the good news is, is that Abram, he held on to the promise and did as the Lord instructed without fully understanding how the whole thing would unfold. He continued to walk it out by putting his trust, his confidence, his faith in God, but it was not always easy. Like the Apostle Paul, I know there's going to be imprisonment. I know there's going to be tests. I know there's going to be trials, but I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race with joy Abram also, he walked it out by faith, and he knew that it wouldn't always be easy. A severe famine in Canaan. The picture is not looking like the promise. And I know probably everyone in here is saying, well, that, that speaks of my life. The promises of God's word and the current reality, the picture of my life today, they, they're not in alignment. What should I do? Well, you have a choice. You can continue to be discouraged. 
you can give up and you say, well, God's word must not be working. I must have understood it wrong. You can continue to embrace your current reality and make all kinds of reasons or excuses as to why you have every right to stay in that current situation. But my question to you is, where did you get the picture or the vision that you're seeing? If you've received your picture, your vision, of what your life is supposed to look like from social media, or comparing your life purpose to someone else's life purpose, you will most likely continue to be very disappointed. Your choice this morning is, is to dismiss any type of social media idea of what God has in mind for you and get yourself into the word of God and hear from God like Abram heard from God, like the apostle Paul heard from God, and to realize that when God speaks to me, that's the vision, that's the purpose. I'm not comparing my life to someone else's life. I'm not copying someone else's dream. And, you know, on social media, it always looks like, the, you know, their dream is always perfect. It's always working. When you have people go on vacation, they show you a 10-second highlight of the vacation. Then you show you the fight they had right before that to get there. <laughs> Am I speaking reality here? Yes. You know, so you see someone else's vacation. You go, oh, wow, what a wonderful relationship they have. Why can't we be like that? You probably are like that. You fight, and then you have a couple moments that are good, and then you have a couple moments that seem dull and boring, and, and you know, life goes on. <laughs> but we're working it out. We know, it's gonna, we know there's going to be trials. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be imprisonments. But we don't consider our life dear to ourselves that we might run our race with Complete our race with joy. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Hold on to your vision from God. Hold on to the promises of God, for God has not broken his promise. His promise to shape the picture of your purpose is something that you have to allow him to continue to do. Abram had that tremendous promise from God. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a blessing to others. Matter of fact, in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I mean, you talk about getting a, a, a vision in 3D, in full color. Abram had it. But did it come about without any hardship? Did it come about without, without trials or tribulations or setbacks or what appeared to be setbacks? Absolutely not. God has not broken his promise to you when you have a vision from him, when you hear from him, and a few verses later or a few moments later, there's a severe famine in your situation. Don't allow the devil don't allow the enemy to steal 
your plan and your purpose that God has given you because something severe comes along, such as in Abram's case, a severe famine. Something severe has come against you is a pretty good indication that God was spot on when he, that you were spot on when you said that you heard from God and this is what you believed you were supposed to do. This is where you were supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to accomplish. This is what you're supposed to contribute. And you believed that and you started embracing that. And then a few uh, moments later, in Abram's case here, a few verses later, severity, severe opposition rises up. That should not be a surprise to us. Don't allow that to be a surprise to you. Jesus made it very clear to us in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and verse 10. He says that the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He has come to steal and kill and to destroy your vision, to, to destroy your confidence in your life purpose. What is your contribution into the kingdom of God? When we pray the prayer, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a kingdom purpose for our lives individually. There's a kingdom purpose for uh, churches. There's a kingdom purpose for Grace Church here in this community. What is it? And how can we continue to fulfill it? And how can we stay strong even when severe opposition comes against it? And it has. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. And we're going to finish the race. And we're going to do it with joy. Amen? Amen? And you're going to finish your race, and you're going to do it with joy. So whatever that severity is, famine, maybe a health issue, maybe a financial issue, maybe a relational issue, whatever, whatever the complications, it may just be an overwhelming sense of fear. An overwhelming sense of fear. My God, what have I just committed to? What have I just declared? What have I just shared with my loved ones? I'm such an idiot. No, 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 that's severe famine coming against you to try to keep you from reaching your destiny. Keep your dream alive. You're the steward of it. Say, how do I do that? Stay with God. Look to those things that be not as though they are. One more scripture. I'll close with this, I promise. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let me just give this to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Everyone say, I don't lose heart. We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, I like that, the light affliction, only for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18 is key here. When you have a vision, when you, like Abram, he heard from God, great person, great name, great wealth, you're going to be a great blessing to people all over the earth. And then he ended up in a severe famine. Here's what we do. While we do not look at the... Things which are seen, in Abram's case, the severe famine, but at the things which are not seen, great name, great blessings, all the nations in the earth are going to be blessed through him. He's not seeing it. He heard it. He heard from God. God appeared to him, but he's not seeing it. He's seeing famine. 
While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, that's the promise that God has given you. You don't see it yet, but you know that it's a promise. For the things which are seen, such as severe famines, are temporary. I'm going to say temporary. So that thing that rises up, that current reality that looks like it's going to doom your destiny, is temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. The vision from heaven, it's eternal. It's eternal. It's for from now throughout all eternity. God has plans and purposes for you. Stay true to the Lord your God. Keep looking to him. Keep looking to him. His promises never fail. He has never failed us yet. He's a miracle worker. He's a mountain mover. Amen? And he continues to be a miracle worker, a mountain mover. He's never failed, and he'll never fail us. Be confident in that. Stay the course. Pick up the pieces where you may have gotten discouraged and given up on the dream, the vision that God has placed you into his gifts and his callings. There's a scripture in the word of God that says they're, they're without repentance. It means he doesn't change his mind. That's not just for pastors and prophets and apostles. That's for all of us. That's for all of us. Your gifting, your skill sets. It's amazing how many times I, oh, I can't get into that. We'll get way too long. <laughs> just don't lay it down and let it rust be dormant. Pick it up. Get after God. Get after it for God and with God. Amen? Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, name above all names, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for vision from heaven for each one of us. I thank you, Lord God, for corporate vision. I thank you for their family vision. I thank you for corporate vision, such as Grace Church and other corporations. We thank you, Lord, that in Jesus' name, that you are the Lord God who births vision within us. You give us vision, and Lord, you, you draw us into your greatness, and in that greatness, Lord God, that the things that we are able to see, the things that we're able to imagine, you, uh, the Apostle Paul even declared that we have a comprehensive of the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of the, of the love of God. When, when we have that revelation of your love, we come to a place where even though we can't understand it, we are called to embrace it, that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can even ask or imagine. So, Father, help us. Help us to unpack this current reality that is so restricting and, and, and to live our lives openly and expansively to the things of the Spirit of God, to vision and to purpose and to destiny. Father, I pray that over the young men and women, I pray that over all of us in here today, Father, that in Jesus' name we have destiny, we have purpose. In every season of life, stir it up, Birth it forth in Jesus' name, name above all names. And Father, give each one of us the courage not to be dismayed, not to give up when we experience what Abram experienced, a tremendous blessing of greatness of, and resources and, and, and favor and fame. And a few moments later, he's experiencing the exact opposite, severe famine. Like Abraham, he persevered through faith and patience 
I thank you for a spirit of faith and a spirit of patience to capture the saints of Grace Church here, that, Lord God, that we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who give up. But, Lord God, we are courageous men and women of God, and we will continue to pursue, as, as the writer of Proverbs said, that without vision we cast off restraint. So I thank you for vision, that we do have restraint. We are a disciplined people, and we are accomplishing heavenly kingdom purposes to your glory and to your honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.